0: Once more in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, the very Son of God who came and died for our sins on the cross of Calvary, the one on whom we put our trust, who gives us joy and peace, the one we profess, the one that we preach. I trust this morning you are well kept by his grace. As I have pondered, um, that today we are presenting the second last of our series on confidence in Christ in the end times. I was thinking about the fact that since it was predicted that um, in the coming few months, seemingly starting from this month, we'll be reaching the peaks of the peak rather of infections of the COVID-19 in our country. At this point, many of us know at least of one person who has been infected or somewhat has been affected, you know, in the situation. So I just want us to take time this morning to pray and as best as we can, give support to friends, to family, to colleagues who have been infected or are affected in some way or the other. Won't you just join with me as we pray? Pray for those that you know if you are infected yourself, we trust in God for your healing as well. So don't you just pray with me? Heavenly Father, your hand of grace and mercy is continually upon us. We thank you that there is healing in the name of Jesus Christ, that we are redeemed, Lord, from the curse of the law, from sickness and disease, and that by your stripes we are healed, Lord. We speak your healing upon our friends, colleagues, family members, and every person known and unknown to us, who's going through one form or another of a battle with sickness and disease, be it COVID-19, be it high blood, be it diabetes, whatever the sickness, whatever the ailment, Lord. We pray your hand of healing right now to be upon them. We ask you for your miracle working power to work on their behalf and bring wholeness in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Sickness and disease, we command you to leave their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. We pray wholeness and restoration. Father, give them a new song of wholeness. Give them a new song of breakthrough in every area of our lives, Lord each and every one of us, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Amen. One of the things that has been a challenge for me, I don't know for most Christians, but I've observed that as we have been observing the the cautionary measures put forth by the government, Many of us have kind of retrieved and we have cowered back from our faith and we are, we are like Gideon. Gideon, the Bible says in, in, in Judges chapter 6 that when the angel of God came to him and created him as a mighty man of valor, Gideon, one of the questions he asked the angel was, if the Lord is with us, where are the miracles we have had?" Our ancestors speaking about, and there is a sense in which the church has, has has retreated from trusting God, from putting our faith foot forward to say whatever comes our way, God is in charge. Who will believe for miracles? Who will believe for healing? Will not cower back and listen to the report? That, that, that comes from media, the, the report of deaths and, and higher infections. We will, as it were, emulate the faith of those who gone before us, who had seen plagues but in the midst of it all pushed for faith, pushed for miracles. And I want to say to you and me, let us be encouraged not to cower back. Let us be encouraged to trust God for miracles. And so... Just as a prelude to next week and a preparation uh, for next week. Next week, I believe, is going to be a a, a wonderful time as we conclude this series, as we look into how should we respond to the book of Revelation. And and as a prelude to that, I, I am asking this question today. How does Christ prepare his church for what lies ahead? So what I'm hoping you and I can do, it's going to be a lot of reading, but it's important that we read, as I say, it's a prelude to next week. So I'm going to read the, 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 the two chapters, you know, chapter two and chapter three of Revelation. And the, and the reason I'm reading these, these chapters is so that you understand that the letter of Revelation was written to these churches. And in the letter, Christ speaks of many things. But as the letter opens, he, 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 he says to John, write to these churches. Now, we read this letter of this book as a complete book. So I would imagine and I want to believe that they received it as such. One may contend that each one received a portion of what was written to them, I doubt that was the case, but be that as it may, I want to imagine that they were conversant about what the content of the book of Revelation is. So, what I want you to observe as we read, number one, and this is for particularly for next week, but we're going to read it today, and I want you to, to read it with that view of the question I'm asking. Now, look at how does Jesus introduce himself to the churches? That's number one. Number two, we will look for today at the commendations he gives some of those churches. Not every church was commended. Also, we, we need to look at the, the, what he says he has against the churches. But most importantly, I also want us to observe what he says he will give to those who overcome. And... A point of note is this. For every church to which the letter was written, if he says to the, to the church of Ephesus, right, towards his concluding message to that particular church, he says, Let him who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying, to the churches. He doesn't say to that church. He doesn't say to that particular church. He says to the churches, which means the, 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 the message is revelatory. The message applies to that particular church, but it also applies to the context into which churches over time will, will find themselves in. And you will observe that what each church was commended for or reprimanded for, actually still applies today. Also, the reason I want us to read these two chapters is particularly because Jesus does not seem to caution them against the Antichrist or the beast or whatever is coming. His caution to them has to do with them and it seems that he says if you do what i say you must do in the context of my rebuke to you you will be fine you will navigate well what lies ahead and here's what i want to put forth you and me is that many of us are at the moment trying to concentrate on the general uh, uh, crisis that seems to be looming we actually forgetting that as i said already The book of Revelation does not introduce anything new to us. It it expands on what we already know. And as a result, what you and I should be doing now is to listen to what Christ is saying to us in our context because that's exactly how he has prepared the churches. He didn't give all the churches the same message. He didn't tell them to do the same things. But he told them that if they do what he tells them to do and they overcome, we'll come to what does overcome mean and what should be overcome so as we read and as I said it will be a long read but it will help you and me to contextualize for ourselves I'm part of Cosmos City Church you are part of part of Baptist Church you are part of a different church but your church and you as a person have a context into which Christ wants to speak to you, to prepare you for what lies ahead. And as I said before, whatever school of thought, the school of thought you belong to, there's still what lies ahead. Whether you think this has happened in the past or whether you think it's still coming, The future still has a crisis looming. Last week I spoke about the coming persecution. Christ speaks about it. Persecution will still come our way and some of us will find ourselves unprepared. So now we're asking, how did Christ, speaking to these churches, tell them to prepare? And what lessons can we glean as a result? So let's start reading from Revelation Chapter 2, that's where we want to start reading. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left or forsaken your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works. Remember, as we read, you must look at how does Christ introduce himself to these churches? What does he commend them for? what does he says he have he has against them what must they fix and what will be the reward of fixing he says remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the first works or else i will come to you and quick quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent but this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans the Nicolaitans are, are said to have been some Uh, heretics they 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 were they were sexual heretics i would not go into it which i also hate he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes i will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of god and one of the things i want you to observe is that to him who overcomes the, 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 the promises that Christ gives have nothing to do with their relationship with the beast, whether they overcome the beast, whether they... Actually, the, 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 the promises in their nature have to do with what the the New Testament has already revealed about Christ, about the theme of Christ being the Messiah throughout the Bible. For instance, look at this one. It says... For him who who, who over to him I will give to it from the tree of life. the tree of life that is the picture of the Garden of Eden, but that is actually the life of Christ that Christ uh, uh, gives to us. He is the life that we're speaking of, the way, the truth of the life. And he says this tree as you, you, you read later in the in the same book, Of revelation, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, and to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write these things: says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. He says, "I know your works, tribulation, mind, and poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan." Now listen to the admonition: Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death. This is what we spoke about last week. And I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by second death. Second death we find in in, in chapter 20 of the same book that whoever whose name was never found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire, which the Bible calls the second death where the beast and the false prophet were thrown. And it says, And you, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name, and you did not, do not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful matar who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have these few things against you, because you, you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality? You find Balaam, the story of Balaam and Balak in Numbers 22 to 24. But here's an observation that I want us to make that the, 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 this, this church was at a place that is called the synagogue. Of Satan it, it was in a place where there was satanic onslaught throughout but they did not deny their faith you know and and you can read about Antipas and his martyrdom it says does you you also have those who hold the doctrines of the Nicolaitans which thing I hate Repent or else I will come to you quickly and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear, hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. And to the angel of the church in Tatara writes, these things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like a fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I gave her, I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. I am he who does what searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now, to you I say, and to the rest in Tartar, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depth of Satan. It's amazing. It says those who have not known the depth of Satan. But these are people in Tatar, some of whom are part of the church, and Jesus says some of them have known the depths of Satan. As they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations, He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my father, and will give him the money star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Already you can see as we read uh, chapter 2 of this book that The churches themselves had some serious reckoning to do with the Lord. And this reckoning with the Lord had nothing to do with them fighting the the, the beast. And many of us are are caught in that place. Um, Yesterday, in our devotion with my wife, we we were reading... um, the book of John, chapter 4, the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And and it is such a telling story as as my wife shared the nuggets and the lessons for me. I just sat there thinking about how we want to distance ourselves from our similarities to this Samaritan woman. Would rather be aligned with the, the good Samaritan man. The good Samaritan man, prior to him coming to the guy who was uh, attacked, the Bible speaks of holy men, church people, God-loving people, you know, temple people, Levite, and the priest who came, who passed by. They were so busy, but the Samaritan man who was not in any way seemingly religious but humane came and modeled love that's the kind of person we seem to want to be you know aligned with yet in reality we are like the samaritan woman in many ways jesus says firstly you don't know who you worship you she says he says to her go and call your husband the lady says i don't have a husband case close let's not discuss the matter further." and jesus says of course you are right you've had five that are not yours and even the one that you have now is not yours but you know this woman her response to the the mirror of the word of god the bible says in second corinthians 3 18, as we behold in the mirror, you know, we, we look, we are transformed from image, from glory to, to glory, as we behold the the, the the in the image of Christ, Christ reflecting us, as he reflected this church, he said, you are not as good as you think you are. This woman, when she heard, and when she saw herself reflected, she didn't, Play holier than thou. She didn't give excuses. As a matter of fact, she accepted, and at that point, she received her breakthrough for what lied ahead for herself. She was released into an evangelistic ministry. She was released into greater influence for not playing hypocrite, for not denying. She went to the city and said, Come and see the man who has told me everything about myself. Unfortunately. The churches, as, as, as you read now, the, the history of these churches, many of them did not hearken to what the Lord said. When you go to Asia Minor, to the current day Turkey, the church is almost non existent. It's growing years again. But you had hoped, had they hearkened what the Lord said, they would have gotten to greater places of influences. So you and I, in many ways, we will do well not to try and look at things that are far from us, trying to discover who's the beast, what is he doing, who's the what, what, who's the... Yes, the wisdom of God, as I said last week, will enter our hearts if we follow the Holy Spirit. And we will learn, we will discern, we will know the Antichrist and the, 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 the men of lawlessness at work. But... What the enemy does is not our obsession. Our obsession is what the Lord is doing. I wanted us to read the 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 next chapter three, but I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna ask you to read. Remember, as you read it, you're looking at what is Christ saying as he introduces himself. What he's commending them for. What he is saying they must fix as something that he has against them. And what he says will be the reward of those that he commands. What I want to rather turn my attention to uh, is to just glean lessons of how he prepared them and what would be advisable for you and me to look is look at your life individual and say, Is Christ speaking to me about this thing? Because you may actually die, even if you think the beast is coming, you may die before the beast comes. But what Christ is saying you must fix is for now and for the future. In a similar manner, many of our churches are in the same context. We try to look outside of ourselves. But as a matter of fact, what Christ is doing is giving us time to repent, to rework things with him. Because when the enemy finds us rooted in Christ, finds us established in Christ, walking in the authority of Jesus Christ, empowered by Holy Spirit, the enemy cannot suddenly have superpowers over us. Yes, the enemy can touch our bodies and kill us as we saw last week. But that is not... The end of it, we have resurrection power in us. So let's zoom into the idea of what Christ says we must fix. And, 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 and as, as we glean some of these lessons, apply them, as, as, as I seek to apply them to myself, I'm encouraging you, apply these things to yourself as well. So what did he say to the to the to the church in Ephesus? He commended them. We are all doing good work, but he says now, you have forsaken your first love. You have fallen from your first love. You are doing the works, yes. But the works are not enough because works are a byproduct of the the, the combination of faith and love. What does James 2:26 tells us? Faith without works is dead. But works that faith does not work just produce works, faith first works through love, and together they produce. Let, let's see how Paul commended the Thessalonian church on those on the usage of the proper principles of faith and love producing works. I'm reading from 1 Thessalonians 1 3. says we remember before our god and father your work produced by faith your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our lord jesus christ so christ says three things to this church number one he says remember where you have fallen restore your passion for the king the kingdom And the mandate we have. Remember how you felt when you were a a, a newly born again. He says repent from your current state of being, you know, just results orientated. You want to help people but you are not uh, doing it with love. Uh, It's the same thing. I mean, so many people are flaunting their work. And I'm not saying... Everyone is flaunting. I'm saying many people are flaunting their work. we feeding the poor during the COVID. But they have no heart. They have no love. They are doing it so that they can be said, you know, they have epaulets. We've done it. You know, Others are not doing it for the love of the poor. They are doing it for their own recognition. So he says, go and do your first works. Recommit to your spiritual disciplines and Maturity and Christ shows, he tells them, says, There are consequences if you don't, I will remove your lampstand. Remember, he had said the lampstand stands for the church, so I will remove your influence, I will remove, in the most practical, severe sense, that church will be non existent. Quickly, he says to the church in Smyrna, he says this is a church that is suffering what is christ saying to them how must they prepare in their context he says do not fear says fear not the church is gripped now as we speak many people are gripped by fear of COVID. they are gripped by fear of persecution listen to what he says he says do not fear those things which you are about to suffer because Christ is Lord over all our circumstances. We do not have to to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And Paul tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. But most importantly, listening to what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 28. He says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. He says, don't be afraid. So how are we preparing? Cast out fear out of your heart. What, does he, what next does he say? He says, be faithful until death. I will give you the crown of life. So the 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 intensity of persecution that was there, the intensity of persecution that is in the communist countries and where Islamic extremists are killing Christians, the intensity that can come against us, the Bible says, in the midst of it, be faithful to Christ. There is no preparation beyond being faithful. To the church of Pergamos, where it is said that was Satan's city, where there was paganism, there was idolatry. The church was courageous, but still amongst the church, there were idolatrous people. And they are currently in our churches. In our churches now, we choose not to to speak a lot about these things, but there is a blending of beliefs there are those who believe in Christ and they believe in sangomas they believe they believe all things that are idolatrous they believe in paganism they others are, are look i don't want to get into a place of pointing this and this and that what i'm highlighting is that christ alone by grace alone by faith in christ in the name of Jesus this is what was given to us as a church uh, I hear some are saying no 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 God must be helped that is the God that you serve but this compromise that we see in the church now where we mix Christ with all other these beliefs and faiths Christ says he will judge it so what is he saying for us? Who want to serve him? He says, maintain your identity. Stay focused. Speak the truth in love. Even when people ask you about ancestral worship, you don't have to be antagonistic. But you must show them that the Bible says, we must not consult medium spiritists. And so we must not consult the, the dead on behalf of the living God. He says, I hate it. To the church in Tatara, the church that was full of adultery, full of immorality. You know, this is sad because currently that's what we see. People want to talk high jargon of theology, but they can't deal with their own issues of immorality. How many cases of pastors now are in court for rape? How many people are sexually abused in the churches now we're talking gender-based violence how many women are abused in the church and we want to talk the mark of the beast we want to and, and as i said those things we will know and we can know them but we must not jump to secondaries living primaries we must not you know uh, uh, Major in minus as it were. Listen to what Paul says to us in Ephesians 5.3. He says, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Christ, once again, he says, I will judge them. I want you to contrast discipline and judgment. He says he disciplines those he loves. One of the aspects of discipline and judgment is what Hebrews ten, thirty-one says. It says it is a dreadful thing. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. But he, he, the Lord says he will discipline them in Revelation 2.22. But then again, he says... There is a threat or a warning of death, not only to those who commit adultery with Jezebel, the idolaters, the manipulative spirit, this woman of immorality, but he says it's not just against her. It says even to those who commit this adulteries with her, but to those who are standing faith. In faith, Christ says he'll give you strength. He will strengthen you. I believe it's about time as a church we uproot sexual immorality from our ranks. Let's not be the modern Corinthian church that devises sexual immorality that is not even mentioned amongst the pagans and the non-believers. To the Southeast, church, the church that is dead. You know, all other churches had received some level of commendation. I know your your works. This one received nothing but only condemnation. Jesus says, I know your, your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. So this church is full of what? Average nominal Christians, religious people, Christ has had numerous encounters, fiery encounters with the Pharisees of the days and the Sadducees, the religious and, 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 and these people who were pompous. And I find that sadly for us, we 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 are found there having a form of godliness but denying its power. People serving, 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 you know, in all ministries in the life of the church when in actual fact they are dead. Their consciences to the spirit is dead. Their consciences to purity is dead. They have no sense of God's fear anymore. What does Jesus say? He says, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember therefore what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. You know, It said how the church is just saved by it. Immoral people, and we are happy just because they are gifted, we let them be. And yet Ephesians 4:30 tells us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. First Thessalonians 5:19. Do not quench the Spirit of God. We could do well if only we would not allow sin into the camp. Yes, there are those who come to be saved. That is understandable. But to condone the, the immorality and the, 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 the levels of chaos that we are, the, the devil will find you weak. The Church of Philadelphia, Fidel- Fidel- this church received... Commendations only. You can read about it. it says here, I know your, your deeds I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not but Elias, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of the trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. What is commendable about this church and something we can learn is that even during these lockdown times, COVID times, the mission and the mandate to preach the gospel has not stopped. So a few things. Let's recognize the open doors that God is giving us. Let's preach Jesus from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. Two, let us recognize, as Paul teaches us, that God's strength is perfected in our weaknesses. Let's not look at our weaknesses. Let's look at God's strength. You know? Let us put our faith in Christ despite what happens as he opened doors let's use them let us be bold in our profession and confession of Christ let's look at the last church the Laodicean church the lukewarm church this is the church that received possibly the harshest words where Christ says I will spill out of my mouth He says, you think you are rich, but you are poor. You think you are clothed, you are naked. And many of our churches today will do well to take note. Let's recognize our spiritual impoverishment. You know? Um, Many of us think we are theologically strong. But... Absence of the Holy Spirit, of His working, of His leading. It's just words, 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 words. Others think they are spiritually strong. You go and look at their theological depth, zero. Saints, let's find God in His Spirit and in the Word. Let's allow God to cover our nakedness, our weakness. When you are naked, spiritually, demons can ravish you. They can do as they please. But when God clothes you, you will walk in spiritual authority. Let us also seek Christ to heal our blindness. Our spiritual blindness is such that now... Many of us are are only looking at what is visible. People are dying around me. COVID-19 is doing this. What is God doing? We don't see that. What is God saying? We're not hearing him. We need that balm of Gilead, to that salve to be put on our eyes. One of the last things that I want to say is that sanctify Christ in your heart. Let me conclude by the words that I said. He said, he who overcomes, I will do this. Overcoming is an act of applying our faith consistently in all situations, no matter who or what we are facing. Therefore, overcoming is not just about overcoming dragons. and No, no, no. What are we supposed to overcome? summarized version because you have heard this number one the bible teaches us that we need to, we overcome the devil you know when it says we overcame him by the blood and the word of our testimony it's very important to realize it doesn't say we will. it was already say they overcame which means this was something that we should keep doing as we apply ourselves to trusting god regardless of what we face so we overcome the the, the devil and his cohort what does john tells us this is he who overcomes the world, he who believes jesus is the son of god and How do we overcome the world? By our faith. So we must overcome the influence of this world. The way they are trying to push us to fear, to to a sense of trepidation, to a sense of hopelessness. We must overcome the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We must overcome the systems of this world. We must not conform to the standards of this world. And lastly, we must overcome... Our own selves. Let me read this. What Peter has to say. In First Peter 3:10 to verse 12, he says, The one who wants to enjoy life and see good days. I'm reading from the amplified, good, whether apparent or not, he must keep his tongue from evil. And his lips from speaking guile, treachery, deceit. He must turn away from wickedness and do what is right. He must search for peace with God, with self and with others and pursue it eagerly, actively, not merely desire it. For the eyes of the Lord are looking favorably upon the righteous, the upright, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, eager to answer, but the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil. Saint, read what Christ said the church must do to prepare itself. Don't be engrossed in what the enemy is doing. So next week, we're going to have a wonderful time. So here's my challenge for you and me for next week. Read the whole book of revelation find out how many times and in how many chapters is the beast and the Antichrist if at all mentioned how many times and what is the end of the beast and the 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 false prophets Two. in every chapter starting from chapter 1 look at the testimony of Christ look at the position of Christ and throughout Mark where Christ is worshipped. And that's where we will be next week. And so as you as as you read, write your responses. How, would, how should I respond if Christ says I'm the, the first and the last? What does that mean? What is my response? Right, right. Next week we we'll won't cover a lot. We will just cover the essence of what our response should be to this book and i want to thank you for tuning in and i want to take this moment and pray for you won't you just join me in prayer, heavenly father i pray for the viewers those who are listening i pray that lord You prove yourself sufficient for them. As they individually, as families, as companies, businesses, as institutions, as churches, whatever they are facing, Lord, may your grace lead them through. Many of us have not been this way before, but you have been, Lord. You know the end from the beginning. I speak your healing over the sick. I speak your breakthrough over marriages, over students, the pupils that are studying. I speak, Lord, your restoration of lives that have been destroyed by the current economic circumstances. Lord, restore. Lord, have mercy. And Lord, Protect your people. And I pray for those who don't know you, may they hear you speak to their heart to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, to believe in their hearts that you raised him from the dead that they may be saved. And may all this be done not because we deserve it, but because of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. To your glory, we pray. Amen. You'll see you next week.